everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was, or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Kelly O Show. It has been a while. There's been a couple weeks here with everything that's been going on in the world and some uh, additional changes and transitions in my life. Um, I have not been able to get this show up consistently. Um, Some of that was on purpose. Some of that was just crazy life stuff, but we are back and I'm very excited. As you know, I say that about all of my guests, but you guys know I handpick the people that I do have on for guests. And when Goonie Sodi, uh, his PR people reached out to me and I, this is what happens. If, if I get an outreach from a PR person, I will, it, first I read the email and see if any of the content there or the book or the products um, might interest me and interest you. Uh, I do feel very good about knowing what you guys are going to be interested in because you tell me. And then once I determine that there's a potential good fit, then I go to the website and I check it out. Now, sometimes I'll see something that's a cool product line that I know you might be interested in. But in those cases, you guys know, the only time I'm going to interview somebody from a company is when I feel that there's a compelling backstory or that the backstory is not only compelling, but it's going to help you understand, you know, why I believe this line of products is going to be really good for you and why you should be looking into it. I mean, we all recommend products to each other and I can't tell you... (laughs) full my kitchen is because of, I just think of one person in particular, Hannah Jamros, who's been on the show. And I tell her, I'm like, I need an entire separate pantry just for all of the kitchen gadgets I buy because of your recommendations. But anyway, um, you know, sometimes it's worth going a little bit further into a product line. And in this case, his product line, it's called Uveda. Now, you guys have heard me talk just very recently about the fact that I'm doing a lot of research into Ayurveda and Ayurvedic healing principles, Ayurvedic, uh, the dietary approach to eating, um, how an Ayurvedic philosophy, if you will, is quite beneficial for health and well-being and longevity. I'm just at the very beginning of learning about this, but all of my interest was piqued in Ayurveda 
when I started taking the Oxford Technologies food reactivity test. And I started learning about how some foods that some of us might go, wait, what? You know, like certain foods are, are highly reactive for some people. And this could be like zucchini or bananas. So I started doing some reading and I kept stumbling on Ayurveda and how, and we all know, you guys know, I've had quite a lot of guests on the show where we talk about the, the principle of food being medicine and also the removal of food, not necessarily permanently, but sometimes the removal of food for a certain period of time to heal your gut can be medicinal. Okay. So with, when I saw his, his firm reach out to me and I looked at what he's developed, which is an entire line of, uh, supplements and essential oils that are using all of the herbs. So this is not like supplements made up of a bunch of chemicals in a lab. This is about everything I started to learn and everything that my doctor and other doctors and even guests on this show and folks that I've read online, all of these, you know, adaptogenic herbs, um, healing herbs that I read about make up the basis of his product lines and his essential oils. And it's all about healing the gut, um, you know, learning life practices like meditation, improved sleep, lowering our stress. You guys know these are all things I've talked about on the show. So I I wanted him both on the show because I thought this product line is exceptional. It's different than anything else I've seen. It's Ayurveda-based. And I just love the packaging. I don't know why I'm telling you that, but... <laughs> You might like it just like me, just because the packaging looks cool. Okay, that was completely dorky. I don't care. Um, but he also has a very interesting backstory. And and when you hear his story of, you know, how he ended up, you know, his father was a naturopathic doctor without giving away too much of the story. So he'd been, he kind of grew up with all of this stuff, but he wasn't really like crazy passionate about it. Um, but when you hear this backstory to what happened in his family and then how he ended up working with his father, to really experience what these Ayurvedic principles and how to incorporate everything I just told you about before, meditation, um, improved sleep, wellness, the right types of foods, um, the right types of healing herbs and supplements, then you'll understand more of why, A, I wanted him on the show, and B, why I think that you'll definitely want to look into these products. So many of you are talking about hormones, hormone issues, adrenal issues, hypothyroidism, um, just imbalanced hormones in general, as well as gut health, and you're really going to learn quite a lot here. And as usual, with a lot of guests like this, where they have a lot they can teach us, um, even though we did go an hour, so this is a two-part episode, um, I do definitely plan to have him back on the show so that we can go into very specific, and these will be shorter episodes where we'll go into specifics on digestion, uh, on immunity, and, and the herbs that are used um, historically. Again, they're in his products, but why did he put them in his products? Because these herbs have been used for thousands and thousands of years to address these issues, digestion, immunity, so on, and sleep, and, and so on. So I definitely plan to have him back and we'll do very specific focused shows on, you know, one topic, but this is a really good general foundation. Uh, and I think you'll learn quite a lot from his story and also obviously from his expertise. So again, this is a two part episode, uh, about one hour in total, maybe a little bit over. Um, so make sure you listen to both parts of one and two, but I hope you enjoy this interview with Guni Sodi. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Kelly O Show. I am 
just giddy. Yes, I actually used a different word as opposed to excited, which I say about every single guest. But you guys know I really am genuinely excited about every single guest, but I'm giddy. Oh, and now this is going to sound crazy because I'm going to say I'm giddy to have Goonie Sodi on the show. <laughs> giddy to have Goonie. That sounds like a, a talk show, doesn't it? Guinea with Goody? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pleased to have you on the show. And for everybody listening, you'll know why shortly. We're going to talk all things Ayurveda, which you know, if you've been following me, I've recently become very intrigued with and convinced it could be good for, well, beyond good, incredibly beneficial for so many of us. So I'm excited to learn from you today. But again, welcome to the show, Goonie. Are you ready to go? Yes, I am, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor and pleasure, and I'm so glad we were able to connect. I am too, and um, I really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm geeking out because I can't. I know that you are going to. I've just started doing a lot of reading on Ayurveda, and I've certainly heard about it over, you know, the years, and thought it was. I thought it was cool, but kind of like when I when I first read about yoga and that Madonna was doing yoga, you think, oh, that's cool. But it doesn't really, it, it, you don't have experience with it. Correct. And for me, once I started doing some reading and I learned about, you know, from several of these authors, you and I, you, we have some of these authors in common, you know them personally. But when I was reading and they were sharing these stories of how they'd had all this these health issues and inflammation, and then they learned about their dasha, and then they made some changes in their food and lifestyle. And like magic, you know, things got better. And I've experienced that myself for certain. And when I, when I was reading the type that I am and some of the conditions that typically go with that from a digestive perspective, from a skin irritation perspective, it was so spot on. So I'm thrilled to learn, but I know that before we dive into maybe some of these Ayurvedic principles, you know, you have a, a story uh, about your, your brother actually, um, that I think would be a great place for us to start. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, and, and you're right. It, that See, every time I share this story, it brings to me full circle of what I'm doing now. You know how Steve Jobs says, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. You can never mm -hmm. do it looking forward. And that's exactly what happened to me. So in 2006, Kelly, um, you know, I'm in college. So is my brother. I, I'm in my, I think in my junior year and actually he's still in high school but he's doing this accelerated program where you get to skip a couple years and and then enter into college right away and he was pretty smart you know and in, in, in education wise and and so we're just kind of having a normal conversation it's friday and we're we're talking like you know most college people do is hey what's going on what are we doing this weekend who's who's coming over where where's the party at and all that stuff right before before i mean We've always had exposure around Ayurveda and health and wellness and, and living and all that because, you know, our, our diet, our, our, our kind of upbringing with my father being an Ayurvedic and naturopathic physician who practices in Washington state. So we've always been exposed to that, but we were never like, you know, my dad wouldn't pressure us to kind of, you have to live like this. It was much more of a natural thing. We naturally gravitated towards those type of foods, those, that type of living. But, you know, then occasionally he would also be like, okay, you guys, you know, you, you guys can also kind of have the normal type other stuff. Like you can engage in some of the stuff as long as it's in balance. Anyways. That's good. Anyways, let's, let's get into kind of what I was getting, you know, we were having a conversation. I'm talking to him probably at 2.06 PM 
and we made plans and, and, and everything. Okay, you're going to come over, stay the night, make sure you tell mom and dad, don't lie this time, <laughs> you know, all that, all that stuff <laughs> and everything. And so I hang up and probably about 10 to 12 minutes later, and then I was, I was at, I was interning. So I was at the office. Um, 10 to 12 minutes later, his best friend calls and his best friend calls and I pick up thinking it's a normal call. And his best friend is basically panting, cannot breathe is almost having like a, you know, I, what I recall is a panic attack. And I, and I asked him, I was like, Hey, what's going on? What, are you, is everything okay? Is everything okay? And my brother's name is Rishi. And he goes, Hey, uh, I mean, I can't even replicate how, what he was sounded like, but all he kept on saying was Rishi has been an accident. Rishi has been an accident. And he couldn't stop saying that. And I was like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is he okay? Is everything okay? And he goes, I don't know. He's not picking up his phone. I don't know. I probably spoke to his friend for probably like maybe 30 to 45 seconds because obviously I couldn't get anything out of him. So hmm. as soon as I hung up the phone with him, I tried to call my brother and it went straight to voicemail. Nothing was, you know, he was feeling he, sorry. What was that? Worst feeling ever. Oh, I ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Like I had no idea how to get a hold of him. He did tell me where the accident was. So I was in the same general area and I started, you know, the fight or flight comes in. I started shaking everything. I mean, it's activated at the highest level. Like the fight or flight is interesting because it works when we're truly in danger or when we have that adrenaline pump in that causes the stress and anxiety. I was obviously not in danger, but the news and the and the event that I had just heard causes that heightened sense of adrenals that are just pumping like crazy. And so, you know, I was shaking and I couldn't, and I was going to drive to the scene and a really nice, um, you know, coworker of mine was like, there's no way I'm going to let you drive by yourself. Let's get in the car and we'll go. And she, she assured me, she like, I'm sure everything's going to be okay. So we hop in the car and Kelly in the car, I kind of had an idea of what had happened because we turned on the local radio and they had said that, Hey, there's been an accident. And then they used the word fatal. Now, oh. I don't know why I just knew it was my brother, but there was three other cars involved, but somehow I had known that it was my brother. Long story short, you know, we get there, um, they, they, they've done the proper things. I mean, the fire department, everything is there. We get there and, and I tell them, Hey, this is my brother. Is he there? Is he there? They, they don't tell you anything because you know, they, 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 they know what's happened. And, they're, they were empathetic and they were extremely nice and kind, but his ca- car was there. I could see it was on fire. And that, that's actually how he had, he had passed away. So from the autopsy, they had revealed that he had, he'd, he'd skid over to the other lane, had a head-on collision. His, he was knocked out before the car caught on fire and he just couldn't get out. And, you know, he was unconscious and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Oh. So they had taken the, the body to the hospital and, you know, my mom and dad eventually had found out and it was just a a scene that I just wish nobody, you know, has to live through, but got to the hospital thinking that there's something that I'll find, but knowing that realistically there's nothing. I see my mom is hyperventilating. They have her in his room and they give her an anti-anxiety medicine because she just, she just cannot calm down. Rightfully so. It's a mother. Mm. Um, and from that scene till probably his funeral, which was a few days later, I had no clue what was going on. I was a zombie, my whole family, my mom and dad. I mean, the whole community gathered that same evening. Everybody came. 
was the craziest thing I've ever, ever seen in my life because, you know, just it shook the community. I mean, even if you Google today his name, um, there's things there that I think an accident of that caliber hadn't happened for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole Indian community, my dad being a doctor over there, you know, a lot of people knew him and just being also really heavily involved in the community outside of his profession. I mean, it shook everybody. And thankfully, you know, it just kind of showed us how nice of community we had and friends. Everybody was there every single day. But I'll say from that moment till his funeral, till the time we went to India and did his last rites, I was an absolute zombie. And I remember this piece of advice, which I will tell all your listeners, I interpreted this piece of advice in the worst way. And that advice is what we hear a lot of times. And that advice is be strong. Okay. Mm. I interpreted that to, okay, I'm the oldest son. Mom and dad are here. I have to be strong for them, which means I completely let go of my human emotions and don't feel anything and just become this rock and I cannot cry in front of them. I cannot cry anything. And other people kind of did enforce that, which, which, which gave me that reiteration that I was doing the right thing. But I'll tell you right now, Kelly, looking back, that was absolutely the worst thing I could have done. Your mm-hmm. grieving process, you are supposed to grieve. That is how your emotions, your emotions are talking to you in an intelligent manner. Even if you look at mother nature and you look outside of the human kind of the world and you look into animals, the grieving process also happens over there, but they Mm. give themselves the space and the environment to grieve. And that's how they're able to move on. What I did wrong was I went counter to what my body, again, let me, let me highlight this, wanted to do. Okay. Mm. Being strong now to me means you have the strength to feel your emotions underline the word feel and be with your emotions because the trick is, and I think maybe one of the greatest secrets in the universe is the emotions only get attached to you when you give them the attention that, or you don't give them the attention that they deserve. When you are able to welcome the sadness, the grieving and feel it and be there with it as long as it needs to be, eventually it kind of dies down a little bit because you are letting yourself grieve and feel. But I didn't know that till later. And so what happened was six months later, when I actually wanted to move on, I started feeling like crap. You know, I had panic attacks, anxiety, deep depression, and it just entered immediately. Thankfully, I had my father in my life and he was able to, I finally reached out to him. I said, dad, I feel like crap. I I don't feel good at all. Like what is going on? And he told me, he goes, look, you know, you're going through PTSD. I can, I can tell and, and I've been wanting you to share with me because I felt like if I reached out to you, you may not be as open to my advice. And what he said was, look, he goes, in my 35, 40 years plus of practice, I have probably put five people on prescription medications. And he goes, three of those five kind of forced me to. And he goes, I know your body has the intelligence to bring you back into balance if your body can take you there. And he goes, I don't want my son to be the sixth one to be on this. This is what we're going to do to help you get back into balance. We're going to A, help you properly grieve. B, have a deeper understanding of your emotions. C, put you on adaptogenic herbs, Ayurvedic adaptogenic herbs. Four, change up your diet. And, And five, help your body through physical exercises and yoga and meditation. And Kelly, within 30 to 45 days, 
I was completely back to normal. Completely. Really? The first two weeks were hard because I was just taking the faith and faith and faith. Things didn't really change much. After the third week and the fourth week is really when it just hit home. And mm. I was able to switch on that thing. And after that, I was just amazed at what the body, more importantly, what the mind can do. I was in a space mentally where I knew I wanted to feel better again. I knew it. And I, a lot of people tell me, like, you know, I, I just can't pull myself out. I was like, you know, go to the why. Why do you want it? My why was because I was sick and tired of feeling like crap, sick and tired of it. Mm. And I knew other people, I was like, I was talking to myself, I was like, other people have been through this. What the heck? Like, I'm not the only one who's ever lost somebody. Mm-hmm. Other people, other people grieve and able to move on and able to honor their, their loved ones. Why can't I do that? I was like, there must be something I'm doing wrong. If I'm a human, I should be having the same results that they are. It means I'm doing something wrong. When I made those adjustments, I was able to experience that. And that kind of forms my story and my why. To me, it was so important that Ayurveda has changed my life. And that is why we, we created Uveda and everything we do for Uveda to give back and to help other people discover that they have the power amongst themselves to really make those changes. And they can do that. Okay. First of all, what an amazing story, obviously. And I'm so sorry what you had to go through back then. I mean, there's just, there's Thank no you. words. I, it's, it's the finality of, you know, and it's, it, it, it doesn't make it any easier if it's a family member or a friend or somebody that you love or, or whatnot. I lost my best friend of 30 plus years wow. um, who just died in her sleep on Easter uh, mm-hmm. morning a year ago. And just even still like the, the thought, and, and I hadn't seen her. She lived in Columbus, Ohio. I lived down in, in Texas. I hadn't seen her in so long that, you know, part of me was because I wasn't able to go to the funeral. Yeah. I, I still will catch myself going, is she, is she really not on this earth anymore? Like it's Correct. just the most, once, once death happens, I, I mean, not like this is a new splash for anybody, but it's just so final, you know, you, you had that last call with, with your brother and then all of a sudden he's just not there anymore. And, yeah. and if that doesn't speak to the fact that we should appreciate and love and not, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. It doesn't matter what your age is. I mean, there's obviously those are big, bigger life lessons and, and we can talk about that too when you come back on the show. Um, but that is an amazing story. And further, as you were telling it, you know, there were so many things where I was like, oh, these are, these are great points. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to segue off of a couple of them right away, because it's, it's very ironic. My man and I have been watching this show. We just started watching this show called Bloodline on Mm. um, Netflix. And Mm -hmm. for everybody, if you, if you're into it, you know what I'm talking about, but we're just in the first season. And the, the, the whole topic of grieving and dealing with death is a big theme of yeah. this first season. And I found myself saying to him, like, you know, we're watching these characters who clearly haven't dealt with 
um, a little girl in their family who died prematurely, which was she drowned, I believe. Mm. And it's just weaving through the whole story. I'm like, this is what happens when you don't deal with things. Right. And there's a, so many people who just sweep things under the rug. And maybe that's because they thought they had to be strong or they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address it. So I love that you that you brought that up, that, hey, being strong and not dealing with it and just pushing it to the side is is not, whether it's a death or or anything. Absolutely. Experience what you're going through. Like you're, you're allowed to have feelings about something. You're allowed to be hurt by somebody's words and and say that to them. Maybe they didn't intend it, but you know, you, you can't just tell yourself, brush it off. You, you shouldn't feel that you're allowed to feel things. So I love that you brought that up, especially too, from the male perspective, because you know, too many men think that they shouldn't um, feel anything or have feelings or, they shouldn't cry. And, and that's, where did that come from for men? I, I, you know, it's, it's, it may be a cultural thing because when somebody told me that, that was coming from another man, to be honest now. Um, <laughs> and he said it in such a way that, I mean, I looked into his eyes and from that, at that point, it made sense. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right, man. Like, I'm the only one now for my parents. I got to be strong for them. But that, that is absolute, I, uh, I mean, garbage. It, it is. Why? Uh, I mean, I'm going through hell. I, I have the right to cry, break down, whatever is needed. I'm, I know deep down I'm not going to stay there forever. Yep. Um, but at that time, that's what's needed. And I'll add another facet, Kelly. See, when that happened, it reverses the human cycle, right? Typically, your youngest sibling does not pass before. Exactly. <laughs> you're, 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 you were conditioned. Okay, grandpa, grandma are here finitely, then your parents, then eventually you, then your younger ones. When that stuff switches upside down, there's nothing in this world that can prepare you for that other than you, you, you experience it, you grieve, and if you do the right things, and you're around the right people and you have the right support, you can get through it. I know it. Yeah, you can. And I mean, I, I really, as, as in so many things, I give my man credit because, you know, I, I didn't know how to process my friend Wendy dying at all. And I just, I found myself going through, I was surprised I, I wasn't crying as much, but I just was constantly going, is this real? Is this like... Yep. Wait, wait, and you know, I'm. This might sound really weird, but I just said, okay, this is what this is what I need. And so, all of my friends who were friends with her, they were at the funeral. And it's so funny that my my best friend Doug, he he knew that I couldn't make it. I had a, a work conflicts and all of this stuff, and he was at the funeral. And he said, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but do you want to see her? Do you want to see a picture of her? And that might sound morbid to, to people listening, but I, it was just this thing of like, I didn't, I think I didn't believe it was true. Yeah. It, it sounded like somebody was playing a bad joke on me and he sent me a picture of her in her coffin and it, it, to, it shook me to my core to see it. Right. But on the other hand, as much as it like, I don't want to say creeped me out, it, it freaked me out. Um, I, I'm glad that I saw it because otherwise I don't think I would have actually like processed it. Correct. That it happened. So I did, I allowed myself to, to go through the feelings and whenever they came up, I would just, I would talk to Steve and I would say, I just, I keep hearing a song every day. It makes me think of her. And he just let me talk about it. And I'm much better with it 
because I processed it. And whenever I see, whether it's in this movie or I see it in other families, people who don't deal with things. And, and I always say that it's like when you're in a pool and you, you have a big beach ball and you're trying to hold it underwater, it's always going to just keep popping up. That's such a great analogy. That is such a great analogy. And part of me wonders why we don't, why is this not taught when we're younger in, in not only in school systems, but other like, imagine, imagine that grief and the, the grief can turn into anger. It can turn into disease. It can turn into whatever it wants to manifest that things that are not expressed do turn into other things. Like I, mm. I strongly believe emotions that we hold on to do and can manifest into certain diseases. I, I, I believe there's certain cancers that they're finding now research that anger is causing certain types of cancers. So it, it's, it's unexpressed emotions are, are, can't, when they're held into the body, it's either inflammation, headaches. I used to have headache issues. I know you were talking about it earlier mm-hmm. um, as well. But so it's at the end of the day, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Well, and the other thing that you brought up in your first answer was when you were talking to your dad and, and so I, I'm assuming that your, your dad and the rest of your family did process their grief accordingly or appropriately. Would that be accurate? That is, that is accurate. I, my, uh, they cried, you know, they cried mm-hmm. and, and they, they let themselves cry. Um, and they, I think they got light. My mom held on to it for quite a while, but you know, she didn't have the episode that I had. Um, she didn't go into the PTSD, the anxiety and all that stuff. She, she, she would, she would cry and be sad about it, but she did express a lot. And I think she felt open to expressing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I do, yeah, out of us three, they didn't have that episode that kind of like how, you know, how you felt like life was like, oh, my God, life has just been just jolted out of you. That happened to mm-hmm. me because I strongly feel like now when I contrast it to when my grandma passed away and I let myself just free, like just grieve, cry, be whatever. I whenever I talk about my grandma now, the sadness is not there. It's much more the celebration and the joy that I got to spend with her and the love I have for her. So it's, it's such an interesting contrast that, mm-hmm. that, that I have. Yeah. I, and, and it's really true, whether it's, whether it's death or stress, when, when we don't deal with things, it's like that, the proverbial beach ball, right? It's, it's inside of our bodies and it will come out. I have, I have seen it. I I've learned to understand how stress or anxiety manifests in my body physically. And for all of us, and I know that's, this is a lot of what we'll get into with our Evita talk today, our Evita 101. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, I know for, for a fact that when I am worried, even if I'm not conscious of it, when I'm worrying or nervous or nervous energy or anxiety, and, and it's kind of under the surface, I get upper abdominal like grinding. I don't know how else to describe it other than grinding. And mm. it's it's not an upset stomach like anything else. It's just dull pain, but it shows up and I'll always I, when I when I when I feel it, I'll say to Steve, I'm like, "You know what?" And then I'll think, "What's going on in my life this week?" And I'm like, "You know what? I'm allowing myself." And truthfully, you brought this up at the beginning of the show. I absolutely need to get back to my daily meditation practice because when I am daily meditating in the morning after my prayers, 
I notice that I don't experience this kind of stuff. Like right. the, the troubles in life don't affect me the way that they do when I'm consistently meditating and putting myself first and, and grounding. Um, so that's notable that I'm, I'm recognizing that right there. I've had more of those grinding stomach aches when I'm not taking care of myself. And, and that's something we're going to, we'll, we'll talk about meditation a little bit later. But, right. So if you don't mind, Kelly, no, I, just, go ahead. I, I want to add something to that. See, what you said is so beautiful. And what you said actually is to your benefit. So many of us are unaware of our stress and anxiety signals, mm-hmm. but you are aware of it. Now, what you said second part is that when you do the meditation and everything, so that, that shows you how resilient the human body and the mind are. We are meant to take, we are continuously meant to move on. That is how, that is the program of life. That is the program of, of our mental capability to move on. But, but a lot of times we get stuck in not understanding what is that stress trigger? What is that anxiety trigger that if I keep on ignoring, hold on, hold on, it's going to manifest into something much bigger that I don't want to deal with later or I won't be able to. So you having that awareness, it's like Eckhart Tolle says, you cannot change anything that you're not aware of. But as soon as you become aware around it, you can make changes. And from the subconscious level to the conscious level, that becomes immediately changed and you can drive it home with a habit. So I just wanted to add that you having that awareness around that is so powerful. Now, how, how what you can do about it is the stuff that you're talking about. And that'll make sure that you don't have that you know, existing or, or forward type of dis-ease that you don't want. So true. And I, I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out too, because st- that, that self-awareness from a physical, emotional perspective is absolutely key. And it is, it is life-changing because to what you said, what you don't know about, you can't change. So all of us need to be able to. What I wanted to say about that is um, when, you're, when you're aware of how things, well, you know, one of the things, this is a very specific uh, example. One of the, I did a food sensitivity test, or it's mm-hmm. actually a food reactivity test. And this is actually, um, just so that you know, Guni, what led into me looking into Ayurveda is mm. I, my doctor, I was, I was having, you know, so many, the headache issues um, were chronic. We couldn't figure it out. And it was just, you know, obviously devastating. So he said, I really think, you know, he's a firm believer that the paleo diet solves everything. I disagree mm-hmm. um, respectfully, but mm-hmm. I, I did feel like maybe there's something missing and, and I'll take this. It's from Oxford Labs and it's um, a food reactivity test. And this food reactivity test came back and it showed that I was highly, highly sensitive to corn. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you, you, you live in Texas too. Yep. When you live in Texas, the land of the best Mexican food on the planet. Oh know, yeah. It's hard to have, avoid it. <laughs> and if you ever go to the movies and have a candy bar, the crappy candy bars of any kind, not that I you know, am an advocate of that, but come on. Yeah. I was having corn every day. I was also oh, wow. told that zucchini, peppers, onions, turkey, flax, um, wheat, yeast. I mean, so many things I had to cut out for a while. And 
But you know what? I appreciated it because now that I know what is highly, highly, highly inflammatory for me, I can avoid it. And I also know if I decide to have corn chips or corn tortillas, I will break out in these rock hard bumps on my neck and they are itchy and they're painful. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that I can act on. Like on one hand, do I want to have those bumps for 10 days after having corn? No. Might (laughs) I decide to have something dreamy with corn in it someday? Maybe. Yes. Um, so yes, once you know things, you can act on it. That's key point number one. Key point number two, which is maybe I wanted to bring this up before, but you were you were saying you know when your dad said to you, um, your body can bring you back into balance, and you were this is a okay. I'm going to extrapolate something out of this. Sure. You were feeling crappy. You went to your dad and you said, "I need some help," and he said, "It's amazing what your body can do. Like what you can do." And you mentioned this separately, what our minds can do. I think you said um, yep, most yep. people don't know what, you know, what their minds can do, how, the, how your mind can lead you. And I, I just want to say for everybody listening, there is no question in my mind. I have seen this in my own life in the past four to six weeks that it's so true. When you make the decision to believe that you can get better, when you make the decisions, so this is some semi-law of attraction, right? Correct. But your mind, it is unbelievable how you can manifest things because I have seen it myself with, you know, Goody, we talked before the show how I've, I've recently accepted a role at a company. I made a decision right. and I said to my man, this month, I'm going to go to my network I'm going to, I want to go back to work for somebody else. I, I, now is my time. And I said, I'll have a job offer by the end of May. And he goes, you know, we're in the highest unemployment time ever and Mm -hmm. nobody's hiring. Everybody's firing. And you know, this is, you, you've been working on your own for 10 years, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I I'll do it. And I did because I decided I was going to do it. And my brain led me to, to this solution. Now I've interviewed several people on the show who are, who are very about, you know, the law of attraction and, and your brain. But one of the ladies, I think it was Cassie Parks. She said something that has so stuck with me. She said, when you, our brains are like a Google search. She said, when you start, whether it's bad stuff, like, oh, woe is me. I have to be strong. I can't mm-hmm. grieve. I can't mm-hmm. deal with this emotion from my brother. All, all, all that's going to happen is is you're gonna your body's gonna go searching for things to support that. Correct. I feel like shit. I can't process this. But if you say I'm gonna feel better, I'm going yep. to get better. Yep. I want to be well. I want to. I want to be emotionally stable. This is then your your brain's gonna start looking for things, and and you, you it's 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 almost like a steering wheel. Yep. You suddenly start acting in a different way. Things start happening in your life. And for everybody listening, if you're listening going, Kelly has lost her brain. Is she drinking <laughs> vodka while she's interviewing this guy? No, I'm not. It really, I'm telling you, test it out. If you start saying to yourself, like I did, I'm going to be accepting a job by the end of May. I did. I told myself before I met my man, I'm going to meet the love of my life on a dating site. He's going to live in in Texas. He's going to have gray hair. He's going to be older than me. He's going to say this certain phrase that's going to be a sign. Guess what? It all happened. And I'm not making this stuff up. You can turn your health around. You can turn everything around. The power of the mind is great. So I just had to say everything you said before, I've seen it happen in my own life. Um, I attune it to... The Google search is wonderful. I attune it to a frequency. What frequency do you want to be? You see, we can get the, the law of the attraction of the universe. 
The universe is always serving for us. It's always working for us. It's, are we in tune with that frequency? Mm. And the frequency of abundance, the frequency of vibration, the frequency of good health, the frequency of peace of mind. See, when we do the meditation, when we do all that stuff, what are we experiencing at the end? The end result is what? It's that present moment. And as you know, Kelly, as the, the great minds of the world talk about it, like, you know, the, the spiritual minds, Eckhart Tolle's, the, the, the Deepak Chopra's, everybody, there is infinite awareness that is rooted in joy, peace, and, and just, just this, this amazing sense of calm that you experience in the present moment. When you're connected to that constantly, I mean, it, it, miracles happen. And I, I've seen it too. Miracles happen or what seem like Very miracles. true. And it's, it's also just, you know, it's going from an attitude of expectation of, of absolute, the best positive outcomes to, okay, so if you either can be, I've, I've recognized in life, you can either be in a state of expectation that everything's going to turn out inevitably. Great. It doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to walk outside. Someone's going to hand me $10,000. No. We're talking about reality, expectation that the best possible outcome is inevitably going to happen or worry that the worst thing will happen. So do you, what, you know, choose one of two paths. If you, if you worry and you focus on everything that's bad in your life and you're so upset and you're reactive and you're angry, then guess what? You're, you're, you're basically feeding more, you're watering that garden that's going to grow. If on the other hand, you, you get up every day and you go, this is going to be so awesome. I'm one day closer to getting my new job or one day closer to meeting the love of my life. I'm one day closer to being 10 pounds lighter. I'm getting lighter every day. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting, you know, I I'm, I'm at peace. I'm happy. This stuff happens. The more that you talk that way within your brain, test it out, people. If you're listening to this and you think I'm a quack, test it out for two weeks. Give it all you've got and see if your whole life changes because it will. Now, let's uh, enough of that, but I really firmly believe in it. And I test, watch my life, you guys, because it's happened. And I am happier every single day as, as I've made these shifts. So it works. I encourage all of you to look into it. But what I also want you guys to all look into, which I've been studying, and this is why I was so excited uh, when I first connected with Guni to get him on the show, is to talk about Ayurveda. Now, you guys have heard me say that I've been doing some reading, um, but I, I don't want to introduce the topic because I don't know how to introduce it. I, I just... I know of it. I'm just starting to study it. It makes so much sense to me from a, a, a way of living your life to a way of approaching health and wellness and longevity. Hey, everybody, you've reached the end of part one of this two-part interview with Guni Sodi. Make sure you tune into part two.